the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. Greetings and welcome to this latest episode of AV Nation TV's Connected. I'm your host, David Danto. And we have an interesting show for you this time. We have all been working from home for so long now. For me, it's a couple of decades, but for most people with the pandemic, it's been about 19 months. And um, it's looking like this kind of remote work, hybrid work is going to be around for a really long time. So if that's the case, isn't it about time that people start to put together their home and remote workstations to be a little higher quality and a little higher functionality. That's really the premise going into the show. I speak with a number of industry analysts and industry professionals to tell us their opinions of what this home office setup should be like and what we should be calling the class of gear that's better than the cheap $100 garbage that we would be getting on Amazon or Best Buy, but not quite the kinds of things that we would expect enterprises to install uh, on a company campus. What are we going to call this stuff in the middle? I'll let them introduce themselves to you, and I'll start asking them the questions. Hi, I'm Erwin Lazar, President and Principal Analyst with Metrogy, and we spend our time gathering data from end-user organizations, learn, trying to understand what they're doing with respect to different technologies, what drives their purchasing and deployment decisions, how they manage the, the technologies that they have specifically around collaboration and customer engagement, and then what are the characteristics of successful companies? What are the companies that see positive ROI in terms of, of revenue, cost savings, and productivity gains? What are they doing differently from their peers? Hi, I'm Dave Smith, founder and principal analyst at Inflow Analysis. Now, I cover the digital workplace, technology, strategies, which I guess nowadays encompasses everything, you know, from collaboration and communications and office productivity to biz app integration and workflows, which I guess includes the full gamut of employee and customer experience, which I guess then has me speaking with and bridging the gap between technology providers, enterprise IT, as well as lines of business leaders from HR, sales, marketing, support, et cetera. Hi, my name is David Maldo. I'm the founder and CEO of Let's Do Video. We cover the visual collaboration space and we produce, li produce live streaming events. Hi, I'm Kevin Keeler. I've been in this technology business for a long time. Um, I guess I fell in love with technology back in the VIC-20 and Commodore 64 days, creating video games. But, you know, I think it's more accurate to say I fell in love with what technology could do. So in that case, entertaining, but also, you know, the opportunity to educate or enable with technology and um, you know, so that's really why I guess 11 years now ago, I co-founded Enable UC, and we're a small consultancy that helps organizations get the most out of the technology that they have or are planning to have. And most of the work that we do um, is inside the Microsoft ecosystem. And certainly there's been, there's lots of opportunities to both, you know, use that and use that better. And, um, you know, over the last 18 months, I think we've learned a bunch of lessons, but now, as we're transitioning, I think there's some more work that we all can can do as well. Hi, I'm uh, Matt D. Scott. I own Omega Audio Video. We are a residential and consumer AV uh, solutions company in London, Ontario, Canada. 
I'm Carolina Milanesi. I am president and principal analyst at Creative Strategies and the founder of The Heart Attack. I've been covering technology for over 20 years now, always at the inter intersection of consumer and business. And Carolina, we'll give you the option here now because it's only fair since you're probably going to be the last person that, that we've interviewed for this uh, to mention that uh, um, I'm catching you in an unfair circumstance. You've just relocated your home. So even though we're talking about how important high quality technology is in the home office, you're, you're still uh, dealing with the, licking the bruises of unpacking and dealing with some temporary stuff, I assume. Uh, absolutely. It's an interesting conversation to have to talk about home technology for business purposes, because I just relocated to Atlanta. And so this is not my usual setup. I, I have my computer on a, a cat post uh, and a, a temporary light and earbuds. And this is it is it's trying to make the best you can in a temporary situation. So, so maybe we'll, we'll hopefully you'll be the worst looking person so that everybody else that's using the better <laughs> gear will prove all of this out. So um, the first question is now that the pandemic has proven out the model for remote and hybrid working, how important is it for the home worker, for the remote worker to have better than basic? Why is high quality video, audio lighting, why is it important to go that step up? I think we've seen a couple of things in our research that indicate the need for high quality audio and video experiences for remote workers. First is depends on their role. Um, so if they are somebody who spends a fair amount of time on video, on calls throughout the day, the, having that higher quality experience can improve their their workday. Uh, it can make them more able or better able to participate in the meetings that they're having with their, their colleagues. Um, secondly, we see it often as a differentiator. So companies that are using video and audio outward facing, customer facing for customer service and support for sales uh, are seeing value in differentiating their the way they present themselves to their customers by having higher quality audio and video experiences. Uh, thirdly, we've seen that as companies think about how the, the biggest challenge they faced in supporting remote workers is, is making sure they feel like they're engaged, that they're able to participate in meetings. So if somebody working from home is having a poor audio or video quality experience, they may not feel like they're fully engaged with their colleagues. They may end up uh, being frustrated with their day-to-day -day work experiences. So improving that, that worker, that, that employee experience leads to uh, happier employees, better engaged employees, hopefully less turnover and so on. So, so if I'm a, a hybrid worker, however you want to define that, X days in the office, X days at home, X days traveling, um, and my belief is solidly, look, I, I got these earbuds that came with my phone, I got a camera on my tablet, I'm done at home, I don't have to go with any of this other crazy expensive stuff, that's just wacky. Um, what would you say to that? Is that accurate or is that wrong? I would say that the decision or the establishing the need for a higher quality experience really depends on what that person does for a, a, a day. So what we've seen in our research is there's a there's a the majority of, of folks that we've talked to and we've asked the question, you know, do you feel that the built in devices are good enough, that consumer devices are good enough? And usually the answer you get is, is kind of it depends. You know, again, if someone's in a role where they're informally chatting with uh, colleagues, maybe they're, you know, say a software developer and most of their meetings do not really benefit from a higher quality video experience, then yeah, maybe the, the built-in camera, the, the, the uh, consumer earbuds are, are good enough. But if they're an executive, if they're recording video or streaming live video, if they're dealing with customers, 
uh, if they're uh, dealing with sales opportunities, if they're spending a lot of time on, on video, then usually those are the, the organizational roles that, that see benefits. So I think a lot of it starts with, with defining the personas and, and understanding what do people do, how, how much do they need that higher quality video experience, and then provision accordingly. It's interesting because as the pandemic began, right, knowledge workers, uh, you know, we were forced to you know, be remote and utilize you know, video conferencing services such as Zoom and what Microsoft Teams, Google Meets, Hangouts, I forget the, the exact name now. <laughs> but you know, we're all sort of thrust into this you know, new normal, right? And, and I, for one, because people were stressing out, especially my family members who know that I work from home all the time, was like, hey, Dave, how do I do this? And I was just advising people, hey, just relax. You know, we're all in this together. Don't worry if your dog barks, right? Or on that Zoom call, or your kid walks in. It, it, it's, it's, it's okay, right? Don't worry about your environment, you know, not being super, I guess, quote unquote, professional, you know, you know, just throw in that Zoom background, right? Virtual background, and you're good. But I think, you know, as we began to sort of settle into, I guess, this new normal, you know, work still has to happen. You know, you still have to do employee, you know, town halls and customer video meetings, you know, uh, team leaders and other lines of business leaders, you know, whether the executives have to do important meetings, that, you know, that require what stable internet connections, high quality experience. And so I'm not talking, you know, full broadcast TV. I know you, you have some background <laughs> you know, there, you know, but, you know, but, but, you know, those same knowledge workers, right. You know, leaders and, and, and execs, they have to put on virtual events and webinars. And so, you know, from home. And so the basic gear just won't cut it, right? And so, you know, we initially began to see folks looking into, I guess, you know, higher end, maybe higher is not a better word, a good word, but better quality, you know, webcams, right? Some went, you know, the DSLR route. That's what I did. Equipped with the ring lights and all of that. I remember the first month or so of the pandemic, you know, when we all were first working home, ring lights sold out on Amazon, right? <laughs> you know, right? You know, and, 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 but, you know, as I look at it, you know, I think there was some actual influence, you know, from people like YouTuber influencers and content creators, you know, who were and from the gamer segment, too, you know, who began to offer guidance on how to look better from home and what kind of equipment can provide that kind of experience. And so better quality video or even good lighting became super important, you know, for, for the work from home model. And, and so this confluence of, of influencers, you know, began to make us realize that, yeah, we need to have better equipment you know, to sort of do our, our jobs from home. They're so important. I think this is a lesson that the world has kind of sort of learned by itself without us even, even telling them. Uh, when the pandemic started, there were a few of us on our Zoom calls or, or whatever, whatever calls we were making that looked like you and I look now, the way we're centered. We have that old school uh, newscaster framing, the way we're positioned, where we're in the middle of the screen, you could see us, we're kind of looking at the camera, the lighting, that kind of basic stuff. And about half the people in the meetings looked like that. And half the people looked like they were new to being on video. They were lying on their couch, looking at their iPad. They got the up the nose, they got the shadows, you can't see their face. And I think they thought, I'm not making a video here. I'm just calling in to, to, to hear what the boss has to say. I just need to connect. I don't need to look good. But they soon realized they looked ridiculous. Yeah, they soon realized that the people who look like us it's a subconscious thing, but we're getting a little more respect. We're getting a little more attention. People are listening to us a little bit more. And now when I'm in a meeting, everyone looks like this. Everyone got it. Every, not, not every, well, just about everyone seems to have figured it out. So it's something so important that we've, we've, we've figured it out ourselves. We need to look good. And then the question is, how do we look good? And that goes into the things that you're saying and 
we start researching what camera should I be using? It's it, the laptop camera is not quite looking good. Can I fix it or do I need another camera? What's with the lighting? Why do, why do I look dark when everyone else looks lit? What's going on? And it's because those things, to answer your question with the yes or no, yes, it's important. The important thing is just really about brand, whether it's your personal brand or your company's brand. Um, you know, the better equipment is going to allow you to have a better communication experience. And I think, um, you know, from my perspective, you know, letting each individual go out and get a grab bag of different devices, um, you know, some being, you know, very low cost and some middle and just allowing individuals to choose is not the way to provide an you know, the best experience, both for the individual, but also with whoever the individual is communicating with. So I think that um, we've certainly shown that there is an opportunity to both, you know, standardize and elevate from what would be a basic consumer device. I think when it comes to knowledge workers and, and workers at home, the adjustment of the, the two is having high quality equipment is incredibly helpful because it helps you look better, be more professional, look more professional. The, the contrast to that though, is there are a lot of employees that get overwhelmed and it becomes a simplicity thing. They don't want a bunch of lights. And, and honestly, a lot of people don't have space for a whole lot of things in their, in their home office. And that's where this conversation kind of can, can take a, a, a rabbit trail is, if you've got a contained office and you have a space where you can put equipment in, then the ability to have better quality audio, better quality, better quality video is incredibly important, but it has to be simple because otherwise the average you know, employee is going to be overwhelmed and they're not going to be comfortable using it. And by extension, if they've got like me, a, a huge PTZ camera across the room from me, it, they'll be off their game because they're not they're not comfortable with that, and it takes a lot of time to get to the point where they're comfortable using that level. Whereas they use the the, the camera in their laptop or, or on their phone every day to FaceTime their kids or their grandma. There, there's a comfort level there, and I, I think we as an industry very often get way too in the weeds on the tech side, and we forget about the fact that a lot of people are doing this from like a pop up desk they bought at IKEA in their bedroom and having a high quality video or, or, you know, a really good mic for audio is great, but they'd rather have a pull-up that can go behind them so that you're not seeing their bedside table. So I would, I would, th those are awesome points. And I would actually challenge you to think about them on, in two different ways, which I think mm -hmm. is actually really important. And it's great to have your perspective amongst the analysts here, because you're somebody that's actually doing this on the residential side. Um, uh, the first point is we're never going to snap our fingers or twitch our nose if you're a Bewitched fan um, and have the office room that we need in the house. It's not going to be immediate, yeah. but it's going to be sort of a momentum to where the next apartment I move into or the next house I get into. You know what? It would really be nice if I had a workstation built in. And look, these two apartments actually have them and that one doesn't. So I'm going to maybe pick one of these two. So so I would, I would certainly agree with you that, that the room is needed. The other thing is you've actually kind of helped define the problem here. Um, from your perspective, because you're 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 taking the the dichotomy that exists now, which is the 
camera built into the device, which is simple because it's there, it's ubiquitous, versus the PTZ camera on the other side of the room that you had your remote control for that you could adjust your shot for. And I think you've defined the problem. How do we create a class of products in the middle of those two that are as easy to use as the camera that's built in, but are as quality, higher quality and rich in features as the the older style PTZ cameras? And I guess that's really where the conversation is coming from. Well, and I think that some of those products do exist. There, we're not. I don't think the divide is that large. I think that quality uh, of video and audio is extremely important uh, for a couple of things. One is a professional side. Uh, so the more you look professional, I know it seems silly to say that, uh, but the way that you present yourself the same way as you would dress a certain way or, or talk in a certain manner, the way you come across, because this is the medium that we are using, is important. The second one is actually more of part of the well-being story that we have, which is that if sound or video is not optimal, I'm working much harder. My brain is working much harder to make sense of that information. And so I'm getting tired or less focused um, during my working hours. And I think that you know, the two factors of being professional and coming across as professional and then trying not to work as hard as we have to already um, are important. I've worked remotely for nearly two decades. You've worked remotely for a really long time. A lot of people are working remotely now for the first time. Um, why is it important or do you believe it's important? But, you know, I believe it's important. So why is it important to give yourself more than just an open notebook with a mouse? Why is it important to have, you know, an ergonomic chair and lighting and multiple displays and, you know, high tech, you know, multi ports. And, you know, why is it important to really modify that home workstation so that it's more than just the basic? I think it goes, you know, when you're thinking about all the different devices that are out there, you're thinking about productivity. So there have been studies that have shown that people, you know, for example, that are using multiple monitors are, are more productive because they have more screen real estate to look at different documents, move content back and forth. Uh, obviously, when you think about some of the, the higher quality uh, devices like keyboards, you know, if you're, you potentially reduce repetitive strain injuries. And then when you think about the, the benefits of, of audio and video devices, you know, hopefully they remove distractions, they make for higher quality conversations. Um, you know, again, they allow IT potentially to, to manage those devices. So when you are having voice or video quality issues, you can isolate what's causing them. So again, a variety of different ways that you can hopefully, again, measure some benefit in terms of improved productivity, uh, improved, you know, even, uh, even again, going back to that scenario I mentioned earlier, where if you're using video for customer facing scenarios and you invest in higher quality video, do you, you know, reduce customer turnover? Do you increase the likelihood of closing a sale? You know, those are some of the metrics that people might look at as well. As again, as we move into this sort of remote worker or at least hybrid more permanently, ergonomics i mean you just you know sort of said it, ergonomics will play a huge and critical factor you know so you know we'll need you know bigger better extra displays you know sitting furniture you know where you have to have you know good good chairs ergonomic chairs sort of match as you're spending a lot of time now at this workstation you know that you're sort of outfitting you know so advanced i guess digital hubs you know or sort of those multi input output devices will be needed to support this new environment you know and 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 workstation model that's going to come equipped with you know extra displays and and what have you and so you know i think you know companies will have to sort of maybe publish some sort of a uh, 
a pre-approved list of home office, basic home office equipment and a guide, you know, with exceptions, obviously, for additional supervisor approved equipment as needed. But I think, you know, those extra things, the displays, you know, that whole workstation model is going to be critical for this sort of new, uh, uh, this sort of new environment. It's important for the same reasons it's important for the office. It used to be I had my, my office set up, which was multi-screen, powerful computer, all my apps running on it. And I had a laptop for if I was oh, over the weekend, I want to write something. I can't do everything on it. It's a little annoying to use Excel on it because the touchpad I'm not good at. It, 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 I can't do everything on it, but I could take it to a coffee shop and write. But this is a hybrid environment. This isn't doing a few things at home on the weekend. Sometimes we have to be able to do everything at home that we do at work. So if I need two screens at, at work because I'm video editing and looking at this and that, I need to be able to do my video editing at home. So everything we need at work, we need at home. You, you, I think the thing is, is that the ease of using some of this equipment um, and, and, you know, things like the lighting, um, you know, the different, the ability to uh, better control, you know, the the focus and the zoom levels and to do the things that some of the more advanced equipment allows um, makes it easier for me to operate in a home environment when perhaps, you know, I'm in a location where I don't want, I want to be able to control the field of view. Um, I'm perhaps in a location where I want to have better control of some of the audio capabilities or the lighting, you know, when if the bright sunlight is coming in and I may not be able to, you know, adjust the blinds or or block lighting. And so having higher level equipment, it just makes it less stressful in my day to be able to perhaps have that, you know, important conversation and feel like, um, I'm being seen and heard in the way that I would like to be seen and heard. Similarly, you know, perhaps if we were sitting across the table. And 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 what about things like you know more displays or bigger displays or more comfortable mice or things like that? Is you know from 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 a workstation you're going to be at most of your work days. That I assume it's more important for comfort factor. But how do you feel? Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Like I think that the the multiple displays, especially if you're presenting information. So, for example, you know, with my presentation on you know with Enterprise Connect um, this week earlier, um, you know, you 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 have key points that you want to get across. So you have a you know your script. You want to have that somewhere that you can be able to view. So that's typically another screen. In fact, you know, a lot of times you want to be able to consult this information. I think that this is what whether you're a sales professional or um, you know a knowledge worker, having that multiple displays while you're having a video interaction, in some ways allows you as a remote professional to perhaps even do a better job than if you're in you know sitting across the 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 room in a boardroom because you can secretly have your notes on on your second or third monitor and and you can pull up stuff you know when somebody mentions something that maybe you're not as familiar with as as you should be so um, I certainly think you know the the access to more information with multiple monitors um, is important and then you know certainly some ergonomic type things I just bought my wife uh, vertical mouse because she's finding like one of her fingers with a with a traditional mouse i don't know she's doing too much clicking or too little clicking i don't know but you know i mean i so certainly ergonomics if you're spending a large portion of time in a home a remote office i think 
um, we all want to look after kind of our our employees' health and you know general well-being. And I'll take it back to if we look at this this the situation as very similar to an in-office situation. If you are an employee who gets all of your work done on a daily basis in the office from a notebook, right? You you hot desk or, or you bounce around depending on uh, where you are in that space. And you literally just sit there and type away on your, your Mac or your Lenovo or whatever. That's one thing. If you are an employee who at the office, you have a monitor stand, you got double 24s, you've, you know, you got a whole kit, then asking you to then go work from home, or, or you wanting to go work from home and maintain that and get the same product productivity out of a 15 inch laptop, you're, you're just not going to do it. I, I, on my desk at, at my home office, which I'm in right now, I've got a 24, I've got a 60 across the, the, uh, the table from me. When I go to my office, which doesn't have the 60 across the off, uh, across the table from me, I'm missing a screen. It throws me off. I have to reorganize everything every time I do a meeting. There's no reason why if you're going to be working from home and that is a uh, you know corporate official policy, you're allowed to do it, right? You should have the, the identical setup or at least a very similar setup at home. Again, provided you have the space and all this other stuff. It's important to make it easier to get the job done, whatever that job is, being a, a video call or a recording session like we're doing now, or just simply collaborating during a, a meeting. I do also think, though, that it shouldn't be a case of I need to buy 17 different things to achieve that. So I think that from an industry perspective, that should be attention to that quality of audio and video across the board. Um, do I need extra external lights? Sure, there are limitations of what you actually can put within a laptop, as an example, right? So accessories and um, you know a series of devices should be a thing. But what was clear during the pandemic is also that uh, people don't necessarily all have the luxury of a home office. And this is something that I came to realize as I, I am in this temporary accommodation, I don't have a separate room. So I don't have the luxury of having three screens and seven lights and a separate camera and all of that. So, you know, the, the balance of catering to different realities, whether everything has to be compact or you have the, the ability to have a room is important. Okay, let's take on one of the things that you mentioned uh, uh, separately in, in, a, in, a, in its own question. For for this hybrid worker, for the knowledge worker that's not in the office 100% of the time and sometimes working for a remote location, wh why if they're if if they're a member of an enterprise, if they work for a large organization or a small to medium business, why is it important for them to be using tools that the enterprise IT management team can have at least a view into? Yeah. So for the last year, we've gathered data from companies to try and understand how they're supporting remote workers, and one. A uh, point that has been consistent in, across several studies now has shown the companies that have an environment where IT takes, uh, I don't want to say control, but embraces that remote office and treats it as an extension of the office are more likely to be in our success group, which again, we define as companies that have the highest ROI or productivity gain for their collaboration investment. So, you know, we, we both work from home for a long time. Uh, home offices have largely up until the pandemic been best effort. You know, when you're at home, 
you're kind of on your own. I'm not going to worry about you. That has changed. And the companies who are helping people with uh, solving Wi-Fi issues, making sure they have solid internet connections, making sure they have the right devices, and making sure that IT has the ability to troubleshoot what's happening in the home. So if I'm on a call and video is cutting out and I'm getting you know, your, your connections unstable or I'm having uh, audio issues and I call my IT uh, help desk and, and report it, you know, giving them the tools and the insight to be able to say, you know, hey, here's here's the issue. You're you've got uh, Bluetooth interference. You've got uh, you know poor quality. You've got too many applications running on your local device. You've got you know again a Wi-Fi or a network issue. It, th- those are are that's a much better answer than saying, you know what, you're home. I'm sorry, I can't support you. And this just goes back to you know the whole monitorable discussion. You know laptops right when we issued laptops for remote work you know that can all be tracked right and 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 used to sort of gather employee data i know that sounds scary to say <laughs> you know but but from a company perspective it's useful data you know and you know i guess they're within their rights sort of to do so you know for for the most part in fact you know in, in some employee agreements or for offer agreements it, it sort of laid out and people signed that you know to to begin employment but i think for the best way to sort of track and monitor it's in the company's, you know, best interest to sort of, you know, do that. And like I mentioned before, it's again providing a sort of basic pre-approved list of, you know, remote home office equipment and, and devices. And there should be some extra guidance, you know, sort of on that, so people know what they should be, you know, getting and understand that, you know, they need to be tracked and monitored from from an equipment perspective, or it should probably should say more from from an asset management. Well, from asset management, yes, absolutely. But I'm also, you know, I'm thinking about troubleshooting, or, um, yeah, or yeah. you know, because you know, when when you're dealing with, um, you know, what used to be, I'm responding the IT manager in charge of collaboration or technology, and I'm only monitoring my campus. Well, guess what? Yeah. My campus is now everybody's houses. So, you know, d- yeah. is is that an important tool for me to have in order for me to be able to to troubleshoot for employees? Oh, get, get, yes. Yes, absolutely. I think you need to have that equipment be monitored. But yeah, again, just like, you know, the, sort of the, the laptop scenario, right? It has to be monitored, you know, uh, monitorable. And, and, and of course, be able to collect data uh, in terms of uh, from uh, employee activities and, and so forth. It's important because they're not one-ups anymore. They used to be, I think of why it's important to monitor things that are at the office. Otherwise, we'd have too much time with tech support calls. Everything's a one-up. Oh, the we're getting a call from the sixth floor meeting room. The camera's broken. Well, what's going on? I don't know. We don't have monitoring software. Send someone up there. Send someone up there. The equivalent, we'd have to get on a call with someone, a, a video call, and share your screen. Let me show, show what's going on. We can't do one of tech support for everything. So in the office, everything's manageable. Everything's monitored. If we're hybrid and working at home, you know, if just one person on your team was working at home pre-pandemic, eh. That's fine. If they have a problem, send the tech guy out. We'll figure it. The tech person out, excuse me, and we'll figure, we'll figure it out. Uh, no, now it's hybrid. So all the arguments, efficiency is, is the big one. For monitoring at the office, which we've accepted for years now, they apply to the home. Unless you can tell me why it's different to have 10,000 people working at home as opposed to 10,000 people working at the office using the same kind of equipment. I absolutely agree that... Um you know, the, the enterprise to improve the employee experience should be able to, um, well, needs to be able to both, you know, monitor to help diagnose problems and also that the equipment should be, you know, standardized. So I think that when you're 
diagnosing a problem or even something as simple. And I think people that live in the technology world forget like simple things like when you tell somebody, for instance, to pair a new Bluetooth device. If you don't understand where that little button is, is the button on the dongle, is the button on the bottom? You know, if you say, well, plug this into a USB port, if, if there's just a random proliferation of laptops and you don't know what the device is or they're plugging in a camera that you have no idea what type of camera it is, um, you can't really uh, help them. And, you know, they may not be as familiar with all, you know, the devices and you're, you're trying to use easy terminology, but it's a very frustrating experience for the end user. And I think, you know, with all this, all these new features and all these new whiz bang things that analysts and us consultants, like we get excited about, we sometimes forget that the objective of most people is just get their job done. They don't want to learn windows internals and go down to the command line and, you know, to just to be able to get on with their day. And so I, I definitely think that if you're an IT pro and you're trying to help somebody remotely, um, being familiar with exactly what they have, being able to, you know, diagnose and monitor and, you know, is it their bandwidth? Is it that they've plugged the thing into the wrong USB port? Um, is it that they've got, you know, the firmware is out of date? If, you, if you're just randomly going through things, it becomes like a two-hour process to fix something. And that's incredibly frustrating to the non-technical end user. I think it kind of comes back to what's your best practice on campus? If your best practice on campus is that every device is monitorable, everything can be remoted into for diagnostics and IT support, et cetera, that, that's a huge benefit. And again, that shouldn't be that hard to translate down the road. If you've got uh, salespeople on the road, right, and they've got a laptop with them that they take everywhere and they're on a plane, on a bus, on a train, it doesn't matter, typically they still have IT support on that device. There's no reason why that can't extend, you know, from the war road warrior to the at-home, you know, office office employee. I think that as you think about workers away from the campus and you're thinking about homes or even uh, workers that are going to be more on, on the road or in a satellite office as extension of that office, um, you're starting to think about the importance of security, the importance of manageability. And then as we were talking quality, um, quality because all these people need to work efficiently. Also, all these people represent your brand. And so whenever you want them to interact with somebody else, they have to come across as their best self. And I think there are certain things be, that, that change in the way you need to think about technology because this is not a quick call that you do with somebody. Um, this is an eight-hour day where your battery has to survive, what, you know, headset or whatever it is that you're using. Or if it's a camera and you're on video for that long, the, the processing power that that takes. So there, there's a lot of things that in a normal situation as a consumer, you would be okay because the extent of time that you're doing that thing, being a video call or, or recording a video or something else, um, is limited. When you do that day in, day out, eight hours a day, five days a week, 
that becomes a problem. And so that idea of enterprise class um, or enterprise grade becomes something that companies are, are more interested in, in achieving. Connectivity is another part of this discussion, of course. So, so we're, we're rounding out here. We've got, just got a couple more questions and, and then the biggie. Um, who buys this stuff? I mean, I know during the pandemic, you know, people were, 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 when they threw their hands up in the air, when they realized they needed to have better than, than just the, the, the gear that was lying around, some companies did some curbside pickups so that they could bring home, you know, things that were on their desk. Some companies, you know, reached into their wallet like mommy and daddy and said, here's a hundred bucks, go buy whatever you need. You know, we're not talking about the hundred dollar camera here. We're talking about, you know, items that are probably just under a thousand dollars, you know, plus or minus what, whatever the devices that we're talking about. We're talking about lighting. We're talking about displays. We're talking about high quality monitorable cameras. We're talking about high quality audio devices. Is this something that we are expecting employees to buy on their own because they want to own it in their home office? Are we expecting them to buy it and expense it because the company is paying for it? Are we expecting the companies to say, you are a, a hybrid worker. This is the complement of gear we're getting for you based on your persona, and we're going to buy it for you. Who's going to own this? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think it's it's largely in, in our research what we've seen is is one of two scenarios. One is where employees are given a stipend and then they go out and buy what they want. In many cases, what we found the, the biggest areas for for investment from the employee perspective, if you just give me a check and tell me to go out and spend it, is I want to upgrade my Wi-Fi environment. I need to uh, potentially uh, buy a better chair and a desk and so on. And then you know, headset kind of comes down a little bit lower on that list. But employees left to their own devices or may not realize the value of that higher quality video experience and may not go out and buy it. So I think it's, it's an IT buy. I think it's something that, that uh, it, it's a centralized identification of need and, and more importantly, value. You know, if company realizes that, again, if we provision out a higher quality camera to our remote employees, higher quality uh, audio devices, that there is real value there, again, depending on personas, as, as we mentioned, uh, and then we can have the ability to manage those devices and to be able to ensure that, that people are experiencing a, a better or having a better experience when they're working from home. I think, you know, obviously, I, I mentioned before, there needs to be a lot of guidance provided by the company, you know, and so the, it, in, in regards to a basic list of sort of pre-approved, you know, equipment and devices. And there should be also guidance on a specific dollar amount, you know, on additional equipment that can be purchased and, and reimbursed, you know, so there will be supervisor approved exceptions, you know, so maybe, you know, exceptions for all purposes of basic equipment on that approval list over $800, you know, just, just to make up a number, you know, needs, needs special approval. The kicker here, and I think this is probably a question you're, you're getting to, so I, I'll answer it now, is that, you know, usually the company will or should provide guidance, you know, that essentially all equipment purchased and reimbursed, you know, by them is actually now their property, you know, so they will need to be returned upon termination, you know, of, of the employment, so to speak. It's, it's unfortunate we have to support all three models. We have to educate the freelancer who's getting it for themselves. We have to educate the, the enterprise employee who's getting a budget. And we have to, we have to educate the way we formerly did the channel, you know, the, the, for the IT managers who are getting it. And that goes to the third option, which I really lean to. I think it's the best. If, if, the, if I was king of the world, uh, this is the way I would do it, which is you, you work for a big old conglomerate and you're one of 10,000 workers and they send you the kit. And, and I'm sure that you would hope, you know, it would be a kit from Polly, but whatever, it's a kit from, uh, 
you know, from the, from the brand that's appropriate for their needs. And it has the Model A headset, it's got the Model A webcam, and it's got the, maybe the Model A keyboard and, and, and mouse, whatever it's got in the kit, it's got the kit. I love that because it, it ties back to our previous question, the manageability. If there's something wrong with the headset, the new firmware update doesn't work, instead of doing 10,000 troubleshooting calls, you send out a mass thing that does forces back the last firmware or whatever, you get the idea. Uh, it's much more manageable if everyone's on the kit. All right, so let's just get a great kit and put it out to everyone. But like I said before, that does take away some of the customization. It's like, I don't like the, the A1 headset. It doesn't feel good for me. I like the, A, the A2 headset. Too bad. I don't like to say too bad. So there's arguments on both sides, but, but the real answer to your question is, I can't predict which one's going to happen. I think we need to be ready for all three and we need to educate for all three. I think the right thing you know, is for it to kind of be an asset that's managed and procured by the enterprise. Um, and, you know, I think, and, and packaged and distributed, like through that channel. And, and I think that there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of work that IT pros, you know, still can do in terms of making the, the setup easy, because I think that the hardware is part of it, but then, you know, the software piece, and I think that you know, most IT pros assume a higher level of technical understanding than many end users have. And they also believe that the, the installation process or the deployment process, whether it's a new laptop or a new, you know, a secondary monitor, I think that they think it's smoother than it really is. And sometimes just because they don't hear back from end users, like the end users are just frustrated with the whole process and being frustrated, the last thing they're going to do is waste more time to open a ticket and tell you you're frustrated. But, you know, uh, Blair Pleasant and I with BC Strategies recently completed a study on training and user adoption. And there was just amazing things like 72% of the end users said they could, you know, they would be more effective with more training related to their UC and collaboration. And I, I don't believe that that was solely around the software. I think that that's all the components and a lot of the components, you know, are the, the video audio because meetings is a big place where people are spending time. So through the okay. enterprise, but packaged and, you know, it needs to be a nice welcome thing and you got to figure out so that it's easy from the software side. Um, you know, and even simple things like uh, just recently trying to, you know, help my wife with a new Bluetooth mouse, but it's like she doesn't have the local admin password. So then you can't install the software that actually lets you program all the buttons. So it's like, oh, man, you got to open a ticket. No, it works good enough. But that's a terrible end user experience, right? To me, I think the the easiest thing to do is have this be, again, kind of menu based from a corporate level. Because what, what most companies that, that we've ever worked with, what they don't want to do is they don't want to be stuck trying to support some off-brand device that someone bought and they're trying to hook up. They want, they want that level of control. They want something. So whether they have a, uh, a fully standardized solution that, hey, if you've got the room, <laughs> for a for a bigger camera and you're someone who needs that 
here's your option. We'll, we'll ship it to you. We'll send it out to you. We'll send somebody to your house. They'll hook it up for you. Whether it's that, or again, you know, a a $300 webcam that still clips onto your, onto your laptop with a better microphone and a, a decent pair of headphones. Right. I think either one of those options work, but I think it really is going to got to come down to the employer and it's got to be something where you, I, I, I just, I feel like the allowance thing is, is tough because most employees have no idea what they need. And half the time they're going to sit there and go, I think I'm fine. I don't think I need anything better. Let alone get overwhelmed by the choices. Whereas when you can, when you can take a leadership position from, from the corporate side and say, Hey, we're going to raise the bar. We're going to help you do it. Here's what we're doing. And they're handing that stuff out. And I don't think it's really that much different from any standard procurement um, situation from an IT standpoint. They're already doing this with desktops and notebooks and phones and everything else. Is it that difficult to add, you know, a couple audio devices and a couple cameras to that, that, that stable of products and just say, here, here you go. They can make really nice glossy one sheets of, hey, plug it in here, plug it in here, do it here, and you're done. It, I think sometimes we're, we're overly complicating this, this situation because we're trying to, in, in, in good, good faith, we're trying to give employees that or, or remote workers or however you want to phrase it. We're trying to give them a lot of options. We're trying to give them some, um, some I don't want to say ownership, but the ability to make some decisions on this and not feel that it's forced down their throats. But I think a lot of times they're going to look at it, throw their hands up in the air and go, this is complicated. I don't want it. I don't care. I'll just stick with my webcam because it's fine. I'll just stick with my crappy green screen that's throwing off my shoulder. They like, they're going to, a lot of times, I, I think just kind of not want to deal with it. So if you're going to take the corporate stance of, Hey, we want better quality for our employees. We think it'll make them feel better, make them feel happier, um, have better engagement. Then you've got to actually do it. You've got to get out there and say, here's, we want this to be better. We know this can be better. And here's how we're going to solve it for you. The enterprise needs to know that they need to provide. I, the onerous of going and finding the best solution shouldn't be on the employee. I, I don't have to be the one going and finding something. Um, how the, the actual going to the store and buying something as long as is being agreed by you know my company and myself as to you know, a list of devices, you know, I start to think about the whole home setting, home office setting in the same way that we started to think about uh, smartphones back in the days when you went from BYOD to actually uh, a list of devices that the companies would approve and then you would go and buy those devices. You know, I see both models work. It will depend also on what regulations countries have uh, as far as what is seen as a, a benefit or not. Because if I go, if the company gives me $1,000 to go and buy a set of lights, as an example, well, am I going to get taxed on that because it's seen as a benefit to me or not? So there, there are more uh, complications, if you like, in how we're going to start to think and deploy uh, these devices. But one thing is, is for sure is that manageability is important. 
because security is important. And so the mindset of securing your assets, not so much as in the actual device, but your data is going to become way more important. Here's the big question. If I go to Best Buy with a $100 bill from my, uh, my, my, my boss, my mommy, my daddy, or if I go to Amazon.com with my $100, $150 and I look to buy something, it isn't this stuff. <laughs> this, uh, that, that, that is the class of gear that, you know what, it's probably better than what's built into your device because those are so inexpensive, but that's not what we're talking about. What do we call these things that are less expensive than enterprise devices, that are more expensive than basic consumer devices, that are more reliable, that are monitorable, that are higher quality? What tag can we as an industry put on them? So Because there are more and more coming to the market every day. Um, what, what tag do we put on them so that um, people will understand, IT managers, purchasing uh, people will understand that, yes, this is that next class of device. It's for the home, but it's for the home enterprise worker. Yeah, so the term we're using is business grade personal devices. And the way we differentiate that is, again, it's, it's IT supportable, it's IT manageable. It can be provisioned. You can uh, do everything from inventory control to firmware updates to setting uh, controls over how the, the devices can be used. Um, so I think that's really the, the key differentiator. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, it's incorporating some of the advanced technologies that we've seen hitting the market now. So AI capabilities to block out background noise, to frame speakers, uh, and, and allow the cameras to automatically adjust based on where that, that person moves, you know, some of those advanced features. But I think as far as just the naming technology, I think it, it has to be a business grade device to separate out from consumer grade devices that are out there in, you know, the retail stores and so on. And I think it's something that will be useful, you know, as you sort of alluded to, you know, to, to, to business leaders, right, to, to business users and to our industry, you know, from the tech provider side and the end user side. And, you know, for, I, I've joked before, you know, you've heard of prosumer, well, I introduced you enterprise sumer, but I think there is a, a new sort of flavor where it's going to be more sort of a personal uh, uh, business grade device, you know, so something around the lines of, you know, personal uh, business grade, uh, uh, you know, sort of falling in line with that prosumer enterprise sumer kind of kind of concept. I am going to, and maybe I'll get a little controversial with this one. I am going to defiantly, this my hill to die on, reject the premise of the question. I don't want a new category. I mean, you can call it home office or whatever, but I don't want a new category because we've broken the existing categories. When it, it first happened, it made sense. We had existing categories. You have a consumer headset, which is, you know, 50, 100 bucks, and you have a pro headset, which is 500,000 bucks. That made sense back in the day, but we broke the categories because the consumer headset sold so well that we came up with 150, a uh, 300 and a 500 version. And the pro headset sold, sold so well that we came up with a 300 and 150 and $30 version of them to make them affordable. And there is no difference between them anymore. You could say, oh, the home version has a music button to enhance the bass. Well, I listen to music at work and the work version has better auto cancellation. I need the auto cancellation at home. The problem is from a consumer point of view, if I have 130 bucks for a headset, I can't go to headsetmanufacturer.com website, any of them, and click on headsets and pick the right one. I got to open a tab for office headsets and I got to open a tab for consumer headsets and I got to look at the $130 model of which one and decide which is right. 
because the the categories have become fake. I mean, there was some examples that uh, that people threw around, and so I'm going to say the things that I don't believe should be in the title. I don't believe the word home should appear um, simply because you know it's not always going to be at home. Um, and I think, you know, hybrid, I mean, that's perhaps overused or whatever. So the best that I could come up with is, I believe we should call them remote professional devices. Because I believe that increasingly, it may often be used in a home, but I may choose to uh, work because my home environment, you know, may not be suitable or on some days may not be suitable whether it's, uh, you know, my, my spouse is using it or my kids or um, so maybe I'm working remote in a coffee shop. Maybe I'm remote because my job requires me to travel a bunch. And so I'm in a, either a, a meeting room or my hotel room. So um, for me, yeah, remote professional devices captures um, what I think this, you know, enhanced level of device um, could be. The one that I gravitated to, which was was not on the list you sent out, but the one that I gravitated to, was the the, the prosumer office. Um, now, by extension, the the professional home office is a is a good one as well. Um, I feel like again, it, it's got to be something that if you're going to sell it to the to the, the the everyday remote worker, if you make it even sound too technical, they're not going to want to deal with it. Right. If anybody who's ever worked in a, a segment of IT support or remote AV support, you know how quickly your your rank and file just don't want to deal with the tech. When it's working, it's great. When it's not, it's not. But if you make it sound like it's a really big thing, really complicated, they're not going to buy in, which is why I like the prosumer side. I think I'm going to disappoint you because I didn't come up with the uh, with the name, and the reason is that I'm I'm really conflicted. I agree with the analyst that you just mentioned, saying we don't need a new name, um, and and the reason why I think that is that the distinction between enterprise and consumer is getting smaller and smaller. Right? It used to be that the quality was in the enterprise side. Well, actually, there's a lot more quality on the consumer side now, if you're looking at just options of design, if you're looking at quality of of, uh, material that are used, if you're looking at price point differentiation uh, and innovation, uh, just because the cycles are shorter. So that idea of consumer and professional kind of goes away. But there is a pro, uh, you know, tag that is now added to a lot of phones and, and uh, uh, PCs to show that it doesn't matter if you're a consumer or a professional user, you're pro at what you're doing. So maybe that's what I would play with. Um, back in the day when I was at Gardner, they were using the prosumer uh, name, which outside of Gardner, nobody ever adopted. But it, the idea was right, is the idea of a, a consumer experience at an enterprise uh, grade, at a professional grade, if you like. So hopefully you've got a lot out of their comments and understand a little bit more about this hybrid working space and what we're gonna call this higher quality home workstation equipment going forward. At least that's the hope. 
And uh, uh, I hope you've set up your own home workstations and are starting to uh, really uh, enjoy a lot more productivity at home than you would have if you had to commute to an office every day. Um, as always, my name is David Danto. I'm your host. If you'd like to reach out to me, it'd always be a pleasure to speak with you. Just Google my name and find any one of my uh, dozens of email addresses and reach out any anytime or anywhere you'd like there or on social media. Uh, for AV Nation TV, for the IMCCA, I'm David Danto. Have a great day and we will speak with you the next time.